0: You go to a hockey game you got to take 12 pictures of it i'm not against taking the 12 pictures of it fans you go on a podcast with you you yeah i want to take a picture of it you know so the world knows what's going on And i'm not against it that's our world right now but i also think you can't live through the camera lens you gotta like you just gotta live this is joseph ring i'm a cattle feedlot operator in northern illinois and you're listening to the vance crow podcast
1: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here today. This is a very special podcast because we are talking with Sean Newman. Longtime listeners of the podcast know that Sean is a Canadian guy. He was a hockey player and uh, working in the gas and oil fields. When he started a podcast, the podcast grew and grew and grew. And as COVID restrictions came down harshly in Canada, some of Sean's podcast guests started talking about how they didn't think some of what was going on was right. Sean continued to pursue this and to look into it. And he really found himself inside of debates that he found to be completely bewildering. So he has continued to do his podcast to the extent where it has grown for him to do it as a full-time occupation. So we got to Sean on the day that he is handing in the keys to his job to begin podcasting full-time. Now, what you'll hear Sean and I talking about is how we went out to the Canadian trucker convoy. And, um got there and realized you know what it's time for me to head back home the things that are going on what's going on with our government i just got to get out of here because it's just right for me and uh he took two months off to get away from social media to get away from his phone and to get his mind right for him to jump into this new venture and we're gonna hear all about that this is a very interesting interview um i hope that we don't get kicked off of youtube for this because sean has actually officially been kicked off of youtube for some of the interviews he's done i think completely erroneously but Hey, that's the game. So uh, we're going to jump right into the interview, but you will hear me referring to uh, legacy interviews. And if you are interested in having me interview one of your loved ones, uh, you can go to store.articulate.ventures to book your own interview, no matter where you are in the world. Also, Sean and I talk about books and book club. And uh, if you would like to join our book club, it is free to anybody that wants to join. All you got to do is send me a DM on Twitter and I'll send you the link this month. We are reading The Mandibles, which is a book that is actually not Lindy. It's not very old. It is instead trying to describe for people what would happen if the U.S. dollar lost its reserve currency status. It is a wild ride, a dystopian novel about the future, not unlike some of those nuclear bomb stories that went on in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I think that if you can get over the idea that the, the frame of the book is actually making you confront a completely different world, it will open your eyes and make you see what's going on around you in a whole different way. So if you're interested, we're reading The Mandibles for the book club, which is the last Sunday of April. We'd love to have you join us. And if you want a link, just DM me on Twitter at Vance Crow. All right, without further ado, let's head to this interview with my man, Sean Newman. Sean Newman welcome back to the podcast (laughs) you know like
0: normally I would uh I would square away like 17 hours for you Vance. like uh, I I really enjoy our chats and I've had lots of people talk about uh, listening to us to yahoos go at it and and really enjoy it so um it feels a little under the gun this morning because you'd think my first day of full-time podcasting I'd be like oh here we go right but uh must be the nerves it must be whatever it is because uh things are rolling along and well, I'm happy to be here. So thanks for having me on.
1: Well, it is an exciting time because, uh, you were on the Canadian trucker convoy and, uh, you were, I was falling along with it. If it weren't for you, I would have known almost nothing at all about it because the media would just give you a 30 second shot, but then something happened and you were like, Hey, I'm taking off from the convoy. I'm heading back home. I'm going to pause the podcast for a while and uh it was a little bit of a media blackout so i'm excited because your podcast is coming back and i thought let's get him on here let's talk about what happened and what what's going to be new with the podcast coming up so yeah what happened on the trucker convoy man well it's it's i don't know man it's it's hard to explain Uh let's clear up
0: some some rumors first i didn't get fired from my job i didn't get drug off by the gestapo nobody told me to stop i stopped myself right like um there was a lot of different people who, uh, put up some theories on what happened to me. And, and none of them happened It it was Sean talking to Sean and Sean decided it was time to stop. And, um, I don't know, there was, there was a, a lot that happened in Ottawa From my eyes. All of it was, I didn't realize that level of humanity existed. Now I, I gotta clarify, I don't go to protests all the time, right? Like I'm not the guy at the front of the line. So this was a first for me. Um, so that could have been part of it. Uh, but the reason for stopping was, I just, I hit this point where I clearly understood, like you got people saying words like famous in one hand, right? If you stay there, you're going to be famous. And I was like, well, I didn't come here to be famous. I, I came here because I believed in what they were doing and I wanted to see it for myself. And then along the way, I mean, I do this. So I was like, well, let's talk about it. Let's see, meet some of the people. Let's, you know, like CBC isn't, you know, Canadian television isn't covering this. And they were saying some really weird things on the the radio and, and on the news stations. And I was sitting there seeing it firsthand. Like, I, I don't see this. Like I just, so then I started interviewing more and then I started interviewing people that I normally wouldn't interview. Like I started walking up to people that looked kind of sketchy Vance, like Maybe this person is here for bad things. And then they turn out to be the nicest human being on the planet. And you're like, I just don't get it. And so uh, the night I stopped was um, I come home from or go gone back to the hotel, I guess, from uh, being around like all these wonderful human beings, right? You're around like families, kids, truckers, moms, grandmas, just all walks of life all colors all creeds you name it uh it wasn't uh just one type of person that was there it was it was rather um uh, stunning to see what 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 showed up and i sat down i watched the cbc and this was the whatever day it was i can, you know the, those days melted together but i sat and i watched the cbc talk about what was going on and they used words that were just I I can't even remember them all. I was just like, how, how am I getting this so wrong or so right? It doesn't matter. And our national media is talking about it like this is an insurrection and, and using words like that and traitors and, you know. So I just, I had a moment where I, I sat inside my brain. I know how our conversations go, where I sat and I, I really had like this deep moment of, like, is this how far my government's willing to go to keep a narrative going? Like they're not even willing to come down and talk to these people, understand why they're so frustrated. Uh, And so I just, I stopped. I just, I, I didn't think anyone needed to hear from me anymore. Like you could see, like use your eyes. You could see the thousands of people using their videos, their Twitter feeds, everything like Sean Newman didn't need to be the voice of what was going on there. The people needed to be the voice and they did a very good job of it. And I just took a step back because, um, I didn't want to become, and I, I'm not saying I would have been, but there was people telling me, Oh, you'll be famous after this. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to be famous. Like I it's not why I came here. And then the next person would say, well, you're going to be a traitor, right? They're going to take you away. Well, that's a pretty hard thing to reconcile. You know me, I got a young family and everything else. And so there was just a lot that went on in Ottawa. And for the most part, it was beautiful. It was, I never realized that level of humanity existed. Um, and I hit a point where I just, I didn't know what to do. And sometimes when you don't know what to do, it's just best to just stop and let the people think what they wanted to think. But it was me who put the the brakes on so I could uh, kind of regroup and, and move forward.
1: I mean, when I was watching all that go on, I was thinking um, as you were getting engaged in it, I was like. This is one of those things where you, you can follow what's going on. You can find that you're curious about what are these people's intentions? What are they thinking about? But if somebody wants to draw a wide enough circle around you and other people that have other intentions, um, and drag you into that net, you could be there. And it doesn't matter whether the net they have is accurate or not. They're just trying to lump, uh, groups of people in to say, these people are bad or these people have bad intentions and uh so i was definitely concerned for you as you went and when you decided to back out i thought you know there's got to be a reason here and it didn't necessarily have to be one that uh was clear-cut it didn't have to be like oh i was getting in trouble or something it could just be time to go i saw enough
0: yeah it was uh well all the people they arrested i met them all or you know i've interviewed them or right like i I watch uh, a fifth estate which you know is kind of like 60 minutes, something along that lines. And they interviewed a bunch of people from the convoy. And I'm like, oh, I've interviewed that person. Oh, I've interviewed that person. Oh, I shook hands with him or I know him or whatever. And you're just like, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I got too close to the sun or not. Like I fully, I can't sit here and act like I know the full story of everything. Oh, I certainly wasn't there for five weeks. Like I was there for my time. And in my time, what the CBC was saying then what lots of people in our country were saying just didn't match to what I saw. And I tried to find bad people. Like I tried to like find like the person wearing the Nazi flag or, you know, like it, all these stories that came out and what we found, like what I found was the complete opposite. You know, like they talked about defecating on uh, the war monument or the people doing things to the Terry Fox monument. Well, I went there at like 11 o'clock at night. Cause I was like, well, you know, there's people out there picking garbage at one in the morning. And I thought that was pretty cool. i talked to a 20 year vet of the Ottawa police force. And he said, you know, the one thing that's interesting about these protesters is he goes, is I've never seen protesters pick up garbage before. Like it's, this is just strange. And they go out at one in the morning and pick garbage. And I'll tell you this after about day four, I don't think they needed to do that anymore because everybody was doing it. Like, was it the cleanest place on the earth? Well, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's a street, but it was dang close. And like, I went out to the Terry Fox uh, monument. Cause I was like, you know what? Like maybe I should go see what's going on there. Well, then people started camping by it. Cause they made sure nothing was going to happen because everything that happened, nobody really thought was going to happen. And then, you know, a few, whatever they are, you know, whether they were put there or whether it was somebody wanting to do something bad after like day four, like all that was cleaned up and was taken care of and garbage was being picked everywhere in the city. Like, you wanted, you were hungry, Vance. You just walked down there. There was so much food. There was so much goodwill. They didn't care what your background was. They wanted to feed you. And there was families coming after work from in Ottawa to sit there and cook all night and like kids and families and like, and then what did they it as like a bunch of white men who were there being pissed off because they were, you know, the vaccine mandate. No, the vaccine mandate on the truckers was the thing that broke the camel's back. They were tired of people telling them what they could and couldn't do with themselves and their work and everything else. And so they drove there. And along the way, I would say that it started as maybe something to do with the truckers. They were just like the the tip of the spear. Like once they started going, they galvanized an entire country of like, holy crap. Yeah, like I'm angry. I want to do something. This feels like something that could work. And then when they got there, everybody knew if you step at a line, they're going to put a camera on it. And they're going to try and paint this as something that it's not. And so everybody there, I've never seen so many people from, you know, like you got Quebec there. I I come from a West, we're taught to not hate Quebec, but definitely not love Quebec. There was some of the nicest people I ever met. And I couldn't speak half the words, but we all got like, okay, there's garbage on the ground, you pick it up. There's somebody who needs help across the street, you help them. There's homeless that need fed, you feed them. And that's how it went. Somebody needs a shower. You invite them up to your your room to have a shower. Like it was, I didn't realize the level of humanity existed. And honestly, the fact that our government keeps trying to portray it as something it's not really, you know, the word I, I keep using, and it's probably not the right one, but it's, it's a real mind. Fuck. Like, it's just like, what is going on? Like as a prime minister, you should have been, I'm not saying you should have invited all the truckers in, but you should have looked at that and been like, okay. And that's what gives fire to all the conspiracy theories. Because instead of that, they've painted it as like, oh, these people want to destroy our country. And it's made the Canadian flag look bad and whatever. I've never been more proud of the Canadian flag in my life. The F Trudeau flags, I think we all could agree that you can't rally around a negative symbol, but like, that's how people felt. And if you can't recognize that, like I don't know, I'm just disappointed in all our leadership um across the board. But I'm just, yeah, you know, I'm just a minion vets Like I'm I'm nobody special. You know that. I'm just a guy who follows his heart and and where it leads him sometimes is good, sometimes is confusing. And Ottawa was, I don't know, was surreal.
1: So let's talk about it because, you know, once, uh, the cameras got turned off, right. Once, once they started arresting people and people went home, then there was the Ukraine and everything just dissolved. So nobody even knew that anything was going on. What was the experience like of driving home? Now you've got some time behind the wheel. You've got your own thoughts to think about, and then you get back home. And wh- wh- how was the world different when you got back there?
0: Well, <clears throat> I would say being in Ottawa, was like being in a bubble and time just didn't matter right like it just didn't matter i've heard uh, i talked to a photographer from toronto and uh, he was down there he'd come up he just wanted to take some some pictures and he was a super nice guy and uh, you can imagine me vance i'm, I'm a bubbly guy I, i'm bouncing around talking to everyone and he's wearing a, a full of clavo right and it's minus whatever in Canada, but I look at that and I go, this guy's out for no good. So I walk up to him because nobody else will. And I just start talking to him pretty soon. He's got his, here's this lovely man. He's just cold. Right. And I'm like, uh, you know, we get talking back and forth and he, I thought he, he, uh, he said it really well. Cause he had tons of friends going like, like, is it dangerous there? Are you safe? And he's going safe, well, This is safe place on the earth. And he goes, it's kind of like going to one of your best friend's weddings. And you go there and everybody's so happy and loves in the air and whatever. He goes, except instead of everybody being drunk, they're punch drunk. They're like so drunk on happiness. Everybody's just walking around with big smiles and high-fiving. And he goes, you don't need the drinking and the drugs and everything to, to to, like it's here. And so I, I think when you left that bubble and you came out of it, you realized the real world was still there. Like, and I, like you come out and you're like, oh yeah, right. Like, life is still going on. I come home and people are still, um, depressed. People are still like fearful of, you know, what's going to come here over the next little bit. And, uh, are that you, was interesting.
1: So, so what about the, the changes that came? I mean, if the vaccine mandates come down, are you guys still wearing masks? How's it going there?
0: No. Yeah. So like it, it did a lot. There's no, um, the QR code right now in Alberta, Saskatchewan's gone. Um, the masks are gone, uh, except for in like maybe doctors' offices that type of thing. Uh, the one that's really interesting is the federal one, right? I'm still not allowed to fly across our country, take a train, right? Like so, because
1: like, because of not being vaccinated. Yeah, you're not allowed to get on a plane. Yeah, in our country. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, it's it's this is like. Canada has got to a point where if the truckers don't go, I don't know where we're at. People are, yeah, they're, they're, they're frustrated and their government isn't listening and allowed. Whatever it is keeps telling them more, more, more. And there's a quiet majority of people vaccinated, unvaccinated. That was what was beautiful. about Ottawa, it wasn't just one type of person. I mean, geez, I got my YouTube channel removed for interviewing one of the drivers and he was a vaccinated driver. I was like, like this is we're getting to like insanity here where you can't talk about anything anymore.
1: But yeah, what no, I can't. That? That, what was the experience like? You you interviewed somebody and um and YouTube took you off the air. I mean, that was astounding. I figured it might happen because you were talking in areas that they're like, ah, you're not supposed to be. But um, you know, that that came to mind. Am I gonna get booted off just by talking to you here? You know, have you become radioactive in some way?
0: I don't know, Vance. Like I I take a step back and I go. Am I extreme? Uh, I don't don't feel extreme. I I feel pretty normal. I just want to talk about what I want to talk about. And the interview that got yanked was Chris Barber. And here's this father truck driver sitting on the side of the highway in in the United States. And I don't even know what we talked about. Honestly, people go back and listen to it. Like we're just talking about this idea of this trucker convoy because it's before the trucker convoy leaves. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is interesting. Right. Okay. And then he's like, you know, and all the money and I'm like, Oh, there's a GoFundMe. Oh, uh-huh, that makes sense. Okay. And I, my head was about to ask, well, where's the money going to go? And he goes, uh, the money we use is going to go to fuel and maybe some hotel rooms uh, after that. It's all going to, to veterans. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Wow. That's great. I'm glad you guys thought of that. Right. And I don't know what else we really talked about. A guy should really go back and listen to it, but I thought it was the most harmless interview. I mean, obviously the trucker convoy happens and. I mean, it was the largest thing in the world at the time. So like the one interview, yeah, I get what it means on a larger scale, I guess, but like YouTube just banned the entire channel and didn't like, just basically was like, you know, you're going against our guidelines. I'm like, your guidelines have something against protesting. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. You know, like if I've become radioactive, that's because my government doesn't want people to talk. That's it. Like I haven't done anything Like, you know, like, have I had some people on that have been, uh, a little bit more extreme than others? Sure. But I mean, come on, like, we got to give our heads a shake here. And I mean, that is as a populace, uh, if we're going to let our government dictate what we can and cannot say when it's in a pretty, like, I'm not getting people to go do anything insane. I just want to talk about what's going on. And to me, if that becomes dangerous, we got a real problem. And I feel like we do have a real problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's at its core. I was talking with my executive producer about talking with you. And I've had a couple other guests that have gotten themselves in hot water, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube. And at the end of the day, as long as you and I are having a conversation where we are talking about how do you feel about things? How do you see the world? If somebody wants to ban me for it, it's good to know that now. Because to censor yourself and to put yourself in a position where you're like, ah, that guy got blacklisted and I don't want to be a part of that blacklist. Then you are participating in that game the exact same way that the people that are uh, instituting it, because you're, you're at least singing in harmony with them. So for me, um, you know, my, my, my executive producer, we were like, come what may, you know, you need to have conversations and we need to be proud of what it is that we say and how it is that we conduct ourselves. But I mean, I've heard. Many, many, many hours of your interviews, and I've never heard you calling for anything. In fact, there, if there is one thing I would say, it's it's Sean's always like, "I'm just asking questions here. I'm just asking questions here." And I don't think you're being cute. I don't think you're. I don't think you're uh, faking your way through it. I think you're actually asking questions. And the more that you've gotten answers back, you're like, "Hey, wait a second. Has everybody heard that? Does everybody realize that that's what they're saying here? Because that's you know this is a, a fundamental change to the way our government is working, the way our people work."
0: Isn't that journalism? I don't know. Like, I'm not sitting here saying I don't have biases. Cause I mean, I certainly do, but I would also argue if you go back like three years ago and listen to me when I first started to now I'm open to just about anything. Like I'm, I'm really open to like hearing different thoughts and opinions and whatever else. I think that's the whole point of it. But like, I don't know, man, like where we're going right now, is just, it's good to be back on the air. I took two months off fans and I just needed to, I, I needed to answer some questions with myself. Right. One was like, do I really want to do this? Like, do I really want to do this? Cause I really enjoy this. I really enjoy sitting across from people like yourself. I mean, it's always fun to go on somebody else's show, but I love being the conductor. I like being just asking the questions and seeing where my brain goes, because I don't follow a script. I i try to like zone out the world and really focus on what the, the person's saying. and, and, if that takes it where I, you know, I didn't foresee it going. So be it. Um, but for two months, I, I really had to dig because I was like, you know, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. Right? Like it, nobody, you know, people will be upset, whatever. But after two weeks, my leg was twitchy and I'm like, it's time to get back on. And uh, I told myself then, no, you gotta wait. You're going to give this the time. You need the time. And here I sit, it's been almost two months. And like, I'm itchy. Like when you text, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like it's, it's time to get moving again because in the course of two months, like there's people still in jail in Canada for the trucker convoy. And like, listen, I can't sit here and spit, like, I got to do some some digging on it. But like, to me, that seems crazy, right? You got the Ukraine, Russia thing going on. You got gas prices here just going astronomical. You got things going on. Uh, you know, you're going to have a leadership review in Alberta here, coming up and there's some funky stuff going on there. Like there's just, there is stuff going on. The two months didn't slow down, it just sped up. And it's time to get going again because people need to know what's going on. I wanna know what's going on.
1: Well, and when you say that you're um, thinking about you know, coming back after two months, you aren't just being like, oh, I'm gonna start doing my podcasts on nights and weekends now. You're actually pushing all the chips in. You, you really believe that this is a direction for you to head in. So you're making a categorical life change what are you able to talk about now with that life change?
0: Well, so like today I hand the keys in and uh, it's it's full-time podcasting. So um, what I would say about it is I've wanted, you know, since I started, I, I think probably you can agree since I started, like this is something I'm like, man, can you imagine full-time podcasting? What a job that'd be like, that'd be tons of fun. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't have the other guy in the heck going, so you're going to give up a full-time job with great benefits, uh, you know, like a comfortable lifestyle. And at today's world with gas price and everything, you know, like one thing your listeners will, will, will chuckle at or what, whatever, maybe they'll raise your eyebrows. It's like company vehicle and company gas card. Well, I tell you what, that's a huge expense right now. So to walk away from it all, not to mention the group of guys I was working with the company I was working for, like they were just really good to me. Um, was a difficult decision, but I come back to the same thing every time Vance. if i live to be 70 which i hope and this failed miserably i'll never regret it i'll never regret trying and at 35 i think uh, i put myself in a position where i got about nine months i got 2022 and if it doesn't work i will hang my hat on the wall and i'll go back to the oil field or whatever job and i will i'll be you know, I I don't think I'll have any regrets. If I don't try, I'm going to have regrets. I'm going to think about this for the rest of my life. And so, yeah, it's going to be three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's where I'd started out 2022. And I just, you know, I want to push the envelope. Like I just, I want to go out and get some people. I want to have some fun. And, um, I want to talk to some people that got some things to say. And I think Canada needs it. Like Western Canada doesn't have enough. We focus too much on the United States. Uh, you know, to get our entertainment, to get our politics, to get everything and uh, heck to even get our sports, right? Like sports might be the one thing we do better than you guys when it comes to hockey. But other than that, like everything we watch, your guys, entertainment is like entices all Canadians. And we have smart people here. I think we've proven that. And we got talented people here and we got things going on that greatly impact our lives and nobody's talking about it. And so we got to do a better job of that.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things you guys have that I think a lot of Americans want to have, my audience is largely comprised of people in ag, so I think they resonate with you, but you have community, right? You've got people that uh, decided to sponsor the show that are right there in your community, and I think that makes a huge difference. What is going to change about your podcast now that you are a full-time person? I mean, of course, you'll do more podcasting, but does something change about the content? Does something change about the questions or how hard you can go in the paint?
0: Oh, no, I'm going hard in the paint. Uh, I'm, I, I'm going to be the, I want to tell like to anyone who's listening, it's going to be the same thing. Um, the only thing I want to be very careful of is that I don't get caught in a rabbit hole. Um, you know, for, you know, like I talked about COVID nonstop for probably eight months. Now, in fairness, it was pretty hard to talk about anything else because here everything was shut down. Everything, everywhere you went, it was a QR code, this, uh mask that, uh, you know, like it, it was wild. It was, I never want to go back to those days. Um, and so I would say probably the one difference, you know, in the first week, uh, is two buddies who used to do a podcast called war and weakness. They're both local. They have both been on the podcast multiple times. That's going to be my first episode. And then Dan Bolford is the, the RCMP officer who got arrested in Ottawa. He's going to be my second one. And then my third one is I'm going to go back to something from the past. We're going to do a little sports. We're going to have my brothers on to do a brother's round table. And that's going to be my first three episodes. And like moving forward, I just want to make sure that, uh, I have a little bit of variety, uh, I don't think anyone can live on. No matter how good the information is, Vance. I don't think anyone, including myself, can live on like just like how bad things are. I think we got to remind ourselves like there's there's still a lot of good things going on, and to have some laughter and some smiles, and talk about things that aren't politics or worldviews or man. Like there's so much more to life than just sitting there arguing about uh Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and what dumb thing he did today uh doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it but we can talk about other things as well
1: yeah I posted uh two different episodes lately I did one where it was a talk that I had given that I I got the recording of it and published it and then one where I did a virtual reality museum tour I met with an artist and we like walked around there and I got more uh letters from fans saying thank you for the break like i love the information we're talking about ukraine we're talking about covid we're talking about these things but man it is nice to have your your brain just kind of be able to to plug out of whatever the fashion layer is the thing that everybody's trying to get you to pay attention to and to go deeper and and to think about things about your own internal voice your own internal life and i mean one of the things that drew you and i together was that you have a really rich uh Life, cultural life—you're reading books. You care about all kinds of parts of uh, sports and community. I think it's really good that you do that because um, you're so much bigger than just an all COVID, all the time thing. But I'm glad to hear you're fully aware of that. I don't think it was ever a danger.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you've noticed this, right? Obviously, I was reading books with you guys, and I just over the past two months, I've I've been reading a little bit. But I used to listen to podcasts like every single day. I I just turned it all off. I turned off all social media. I turned I turned it all off. The only way anyone was getting a hold of me is if they text or called me. That's all I wanted to do, and I did my first SMP presents, and um, I took out anything virtual. So if if anyone wanted to zoom in or anything like that, gone. I I, I was like, no, I'm I I want in person. I think so talk talking about to-
1: what that is. What what is the the SMP presents?
0: Yeah, so it probably happens more uh, than I think, but, um, I just don't understand why we don't put smart people in a room, give them problems and, you know, give them a a figurative whiteboard to write out the answers the solutions and, and talk about things. And so the first one was a doctor, a lawyer, a politician, and a media personality. And I put them in a room and put them on stage, let them all talk. And then I just moderated, and essentially just got them to talk about uh, the past two years and, and just talk about some things that we're trying to do in the, su- uh, you know, in the future and, and possible ways out of it. And it was just, the idea is, you know, a group of people talking for a night pants. And I couldn't figure out if people were going to be like, Oh, that'll be great. Or, and that's going to be the most boring shit in the world. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an idea that was in my head and I know it's not an original idea, just, something that I thought I could facilitate and be a good night. And you put a nice meal in it and you add some drinks and you allow people to meet and crowds. And God, you just forget how after two years and nobody being together, like how good it is for people to be together and not have to worry about, do I need a mask? Do I need a QR code? Do I need a negative test? Do I need to do this? Do I need to put hand sanitizer on? Do I need these 17 different steps? It was just like, come enjoy, interact here's some smart people relatively smart. I mean, you got me up on stage two and I don't put myself in that category, but you, you, you get these people up there and you just get talking and you talk about some things that people want to hear about. And it was a really good night. And I allowed the audience to direct where the, where the round table went for the most part. And that way they're involved. And it just, I don't know. it felt like it just felt like we're humans again. And I know that's like a, a poetic way maybe of saying it, but like for two years up here, it just seemed like it was going to get better and then get worse and then it's going to get better and then getting worse and then it's gonna get worse and then it's going to get worse and then it's getting worse. And it just wouldn't relent. And right now it feels better. And I hope that's the way it's going to turn. Now, obviously Ukraine, Russia, I mean, I mean my heart goes out to, to anyone who's in a war torn country. And that's really taken the focus off what's what's going on. But I mean, in our own country right now, yeah, like you can't travel, you can't like there's some weird stuff still going on, and you hope that gets cleared up.
1: Well, I mean, that's why it's so important to keep these conversations going. Um, you know, I had a communications professor. Probably the the most important thing I learned in college came, I think the very first week of communications classes where the professor said, look, we've done a bunch of studies and we know that the media can't tell you what to think, but they can tell you what to think about. And uh, that has been on full display. Now I would say because of COVID, we can say the media will tell people what to think. But I mean, the biggest thing that they have is, what is everybody paying attention to whether it's Ukraine or Will Smith slapping somebody, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what, it, what is the thing that we're all talking about? And Can you uh, believe
0: that though, Will Smith walk it up and absolutely just giving them five fingers to the face.
1: Oh, I mean, to me, the the, the slap there, and not having immediate uh, kickback, and not having every single person say this was the wrong move. You know, to watch people come up and justify it afterwards. You hear these interviews, like, "What do you think about that slap?" And they're like, "Well, if he was insulting my wife, or oh, if he was doing like, no bullshit. That's violence, and violence begets more violence." To a comedian. Right? Yeah, this is a comedian at what point
0: like it it opened the door for like and once again, like uh, the everyone's talking about Jada Pinkett and her condition and all that. And like, okay, but I'm like, comedians go over the line all the time. That's what comedians do. And you just allowed on one of the biggest shows. For a guy to walk up, slap him and nothing happened. And I was like, holy crap. Like that's gonna open you
1: know like dave Chappelle's gonna be like not going on the stage tonight i mean it goes to show you that uh yet again um people will justify violence depending on what their situation is and this is the way that mobs become completely out of control because they come to the conclusion that our violence is the righteous justified okay kind and how do you know how do you how do you define that line well it's what the big groups of people in the media tell you is okay. It's, it's the mob mentality, things that have gone on. You and I've been talking about it since we first started, uh, you know, doing these interviews, it's so out of control. And that, that outburst is the worst one of all, because anybody that defends that is, is delusional that they're, that they are supporting a system in which that violence could be turned on you and have everybody say, well, it was your fault that you got slapped.
0: It's interesting because like, I, uh, <clears throat> people wanted to people like will smith i like will smith right so you want to find the reason of like why it was okay for him to do that right like well i mean he just stand up for his wife and you're like well, but yeah but right and i find like when you take a step back from a lot of situations you see that play out over and over and over again right like you want to i go back <clears throat> i hate to bring the uh, listeners will I apologize to your listeners, but I go back to Ocean Weisblatt. You won't know who that is. Ocean is a, a young kid from Calgary. And the reason I bring it up is my first podcast back, it's been 100 episodes since I had these guys on, and we talked about Ocean Weisblatt. And Ocean Weisblatt, the reason why his name is particularly uh, relevant is it would have been a year ago, uh, there was the order for COVID distancing closed down the rinks, so a bunch of kids were on an outdoor rink in Calgary. And Ocean Blatt, his video went viral when cops tackled him for skating on an outdoor rink during COVID. And I remember myself, fans, going, Well, he should have just got off the rink. Like, I, that's what I was saying a year, a year and a half ago, a year and a bit ago. And that situation, I look back on it, I'm like, Man, like, even I can say to myself, like, Nah, you're like, Nah, I don't think it's all right for cops to tackle kids skating on an outdoor rink even in COVID like that's a bit ridiculous and I think at this point we can all for the most part admit that um but you see that situation and those traits and people trying to justify like Will Smith was he right in slapping somebody well in a certain situation sure I I could I could get behind Will stand up for his wife absolutely live television while comedians just trying to make jokes at the start of a show that yeah I have a hard time with that one, but people will try and justify it because of their allegiance to Will Smith or their allegiance to, you know, standing up for your wife or their allegiance to whatever it is.
1: The only way to avoid becoming swept up into the mob is to have your own belief system. And if that belief system is like catered on like, you know, well, how bad was the joke, right? Oh, well, you know how it's going to be so subjective that you will you place yourself in the position where you are going to get pulled into you're going to get sucked right into it i think the same thing was going on with the ukraine like there are people that had could not find the ukraine on the map and they are now putting their flags up and they're saying these are the good guys and those are the bad guys and maybe they're right right but you don't know that and to do things like calling for the assassination of another country's president or um calling for the you know like what we should do send arms or send more money or do these things you're like you're getting involved in something that you don't understand and the only reason that you feel justified in it is cuz all the people around you are doing this and that is the mob and the mob is the scariest force in all of the world and it seems like uh ever since covid started the mob is getting worse and worse and worse
0: Worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I should point out to you, uh, in Alberta, while Canada has the largest Ukrainian population outside the Ukraine, and then I believe in Alberta, we got, man, it's something like 250,000 Ukrainians. So uh, it's interesting here because uh, our Ukrainian heritage runs back pretty deep. In saying that, I I agree with your point, though, of like, once you realize it, like, (laughs) everybody wants you like they want to pull you into these like feel-good stories it could be mental health it can be it can be i mean the war and the stand-up for ukrainians it can be black lives matter it can be all these different things and it's very interesting to watch because this is the truckers convoy how they didn't want you to be on that one like no this one isn't good we're not no we're not for this well, why is that well why because they just want their lives back is that why you know and, uh, once you've experienced, like you were talking about, um, you have to think for yourself, uh, when it comes to these things, it's taken a long time and a lot of, uh, you know, me and you had a conversation about, uh, the inner dialogue that that's, that's a long time ago, Vance. And to me, I've had to have lots of conversations now with myself about where I stand and how, and one of the things that came at Ottawa was I was not going to be dictated by anyone anymore on how to think. And I think maybe for the podcast, you're asking how it's going to be different. Um, No matter how good of a guest I have come on, I I think no matter what they say, I'm going to remind myself along the way that nobody gets to tell me how to think. And that's been, I've been pretty adamant in that since I came home. I just, I've never been more self-confident and it took going to one of the most severe places in the world and experiencing lots of different emotions to find that. And that was an inner conversation with myself on where I wanted to be and who I want to be. And I think more people need to do that. I don't know how to make them do that. I
1: I have no Uh, idea. The best, the best format to get people to see that it can be done is just to do it by example, right? Like, because to tell other people oh, you ought to do this, is a very different thing than hey i was among people that were you know holding me up on their shoulders they saw what i could do for them and what they could do for me and i could have become famous by being at this trucker convoy i could have you know ridden this wave and and probably had your your you know a real avalanche going towards the launch of your full-time podcast but because you were able to pull out and say hey maybe that's the right way to go but maybe it's not and i don't know what to do so i'm going to pull out that is something most people don't, don't do. And in fact, most people shouldn't put themselves in the position to be in a place like the trucker convoy, if they can't listen to that voice, when there starts to be doubt, because most people, the, the, they the ability to be able to even talk to that inner voice is so limited that, uh, they, it, it's not possible to listen to it when it comes down to it.
0: That's it. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting. Yeah. Like career wise, that may have been a really poor choice, right? Like it may have been, I have no idea. Uh, all I know is I, uh, if you don't stick true to yourself, I mean, you've talked about this before we've talked about this with a lot. It doesn't matter. You, you're never going to be like, if you stick true to yourself, that's like, that's happiness. Like, I really think that's like a real key to life is just stick true. You don't want to do something. Just don't do it.
1: You don't, I mean, it, I, still I, led, I do these uh, legacy interviews now where I sit down with yeah. and, they, and they record like their history. So yesterday I did one with a beautiful woman. She's like in her, I don't know, maybe early seventies. And she's been a psychologist and an executive coach. And I said, how do you know if your career has been successful? And, uh, and she said, well, I know that it has because people were transformed. And the, the things that they changed about their life, they changed their job. They changed how they operated in their job. They changed their relationships with people that cascades millions and millions of times over with the relationship that they have with their wife. That's now better because instead of fighting their job, they're doing something they're at peace with. So at home is better there. They have better relationships with the other people they work with. And she talked about how much of her impact came from things that she would never see. But she could, she could know definitively that it's like gravity. If you make somebody else transform their life or help them transform their life. Isn't that something. Do things. And that's you, man. Like that's, that's what you're doing and whether or not this works out, which I, I have a lot of confidence that you're going to make it work and you have a community of people that want to see it work. But, uh, as long as you stay true to yourself, that's, that's the most important thing.
0: And that's something that was one of the coolest things about Ottawa. I, I'd never fed the homeless before. And I, I, you know, like, do I want to like, sure. Like I want to be a community, you know, me, I, I like being a community minded guy, but like, and in Ottawa, I got to feed the homeless. That is like a, everyone should do that, but everyone should do it without a phone over their shoulder, taking pictures and talking about it. You should just do it to do it because if you do that, the, like the gratification that comes from it is. I don't know. And I, I worry about our society right now. You, you go to a, you go to a hockey game. You got to take 12 pictures of it. I'm not against taking the 12 pictures of it. Pants, you go on a podcast with you. You know, I want to take a picture of it, you know, so the world knows what's going on and I'm not against it. That's our world right now. But I also think you can't live through the camera lens. You got to like, you just got to live. And too much of us right now you go anywhere and you want to capture everything and you're like it's like just enjoy it and if you can be where your feet are like man the world is is a fun place and I
1: i have a you know little daughter right and it's so tempting every time she's doing something cute to try and capture it through the phone but if you're watching it through the phone you're not watching it in real life and she's now instead of seeing you watch her She's seeing you watch your phone to watch her, and it's not the same thing. And and like you could do it a few times, but you don't really realize what you're cheating when you do it all the time. And I am just as guilty as anybody else because I see that cute little smile, I'm like, oh, I want to capture this forever. But people, yeah one of the one
0: of the one of the things I've done, uh, my wife and I talked about it when I got home. Is I used to have my phone and all my cards together, like a little card wallet on the phone, right? That way I'd never lose anything. But the problem was when we go on a date night, I bring in the phone and then it starts dinging at you. And pretty soon you're, you know, and she's just like, can you just, and I'm like, well, I got all the cards. So what I did was, is I never thought I'd do this. I hated a wallet. I went back to a wallet. So that when, when we go to like family things, when we go to, uh, for a date night, when we, you know, even when I go to my brother's house now or one of my brother's houses, I leave the phone in the truck and I just take my wallet in or I don't take anything. You know, if we need money, I need money. And, uh, I'll find myself for the first 10 minutes. I'm a little fidgety like, oh, oh, yeah, right. I left it. Oh, oh." but then you don't have the distraction anymore. And I find it crazy how many distractions we have in life right now. Like, and I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but man, one day, I hope me and you get to sit across from each other and do this. It's cool that we can connect with anyone in the world via zoom and all these different platforms. Uh, I think it's really cool for people to like hear it. Um, But it's way different when it's in person, it's way better. And we both know that. But, you know, distance and everything else and money and, you know, like all these things, but distractions are a crazy thing. And part I, of the problems I, we have as a population is exactly that.
1: I started wearing a watch, and I did not realize how much it'd be like, Oh, I just need to know what time it is. So I'm pulling out my phone. Oh, now I see that somebody wrote me now I'm going to click into that. And you don't realize just over and over and over again. Speaking of watches, uh, we are right up at time. You were so gracious to make this work today. Sean, if people wanted to catch your uh, podcast, tell them them where to get it.
0: Yeah, Spotify, Apple, um, Sean Newman podcast, uh, Sean with a a U. And yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it comes out. This will be the first one. April 4th is coming quick, Vance. I don't know when this releases, but obviously uh, April 4th, if it's later than that, she's already out and back on and rolling and here we go.
1: Well, God bless you and uh, good on you with your family doing something new and taking a chance, man. I think it's uh, it's good for the world, but uh, I'm glad you're doing it.
0: Yeah. Thanks, fans. Appreciate uh, appreciate you having me uh, back on and uh, look forward to reciprocating the favor here in April. I'll, I'll grill you on some, some deep topics.
1: <laughs> It'll be a blast. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks.